You are now listening to the Motivational Mentors Podcast with your hosts, Luke Burrows. Touch on morning routines. I think people have to find something that works for them. And Arsenio Buck. Hey, Arsenio, let's go party. Hey, party. If someone asked me to party right now, Luke, come on. What the hell's a party? A party? A party for what? All right, what is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motivational Mentors. And today we have a special guest. Christine Saunders is with us today. Arsenio, Chris, are you both on the line? Absolutely. Welcome, Christine. Yeah. How's everything going? Awesome. How are you all? Oh, you know, I, I don't want to talk about my day, but the day's been wonderful. <laughs> I, I had to walk like five miles. But anyways, that's not that's not that's besides <laughs> the point. But thank you so much for joining us today. Luke, everything good on your end? Yeah, man. Um, and so <laughs> I'm really really looking forward to talking to uh to Chris because I think we first connected beginning of the year, Chris, I think, and yeah. um, just kind of like been watching uh, each other's journeys in that. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's been amazing. So, Chris, um, do you want to like introduce yourself uh, for the people or for our listeners that don't know who you are? Absolutely. And you're, you're right, Luke. We, I think I first got introduced to you in a, in a, um, entrepreneurial group, um, in a Facebook group, but I think that's when I first sort of got introduced to you. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you both for having me today. So like Luke said, my name is Christine, but I go by Chris. Um, and I am a empowerment and wellbeing coach. And I started that business almost two years ago now. Um, before that, I had a long journey of helping people. Uh, I started in my early 20s as an addiction therapist and did that for a very long time. And as you can imagine, that was some tough work. So I did a shift in careers and actually did something completely and totally different and was an electrician apprentice for a while, oh, which, okay. yeah, we can talk about that. So that's really fun. Um, and it, it, it was just, sort of something very different, something not even the, in the realm of, you know, human services or any service like that. So um, I kind of missed that face-to-face -face contact with people. And uh, I went back into working for a local government in housing and human services as uh, a project manager and still didn't really feel like I was meeting my mission or I didn't really feel fulfilled. So I'm not sure exactly what happened, but when we can talk way into this later, but I guess somehow mysteriously got some tickets to a Tony Robbins event. Wow. And I know, right? And oh, like that changed my life. I know that sounds silly, but it really did change my life. And so we can dive into that a little bit. So that's me sort of in a nutshell uh, until like maybe the last eight months or so, a year. And um, just the way things have unfolded, you know, you put that vibrational energy out there in the world and you sort of get it back a hundredfold. And I put it out there that I wanted to share my content and to share my journey and my story to inspire and help others. And I got asked to write for a magazine, which I do every month now. Yeah. And I was asked to a great story. So I definitely, we should talk about this, this whole you know, hosting a radio show on expat radio. So, um, yeah, so I just put it out there. Like I want a platform to share with the world and to ease that suffering and it's, it's coming back. So it's really fantastic. It's amazing. So many different ways we could take this man, but you know what, let's start off at the beginning real quick, because you said you were, of course, you know, working with people who had addictions at the beginning. 
And I just mm-hmm. had someone named Joe Mincer on my podcast who, a oh man, he went through some dark times in terms of alcohol, you know, alcoholism and, you know, drugs and stuff like that. How was mm-hmm. that? And how, why did you end up breaking away from, you know, uh, help or do you still work with people in terms of like mental illness and whatnot? Yeah. So I, you know, I went to, to the university to actually, I went in to be a photographic journalist and like probably the first two weeks I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's not going to be my, <laughs> that's not going to be my, my deal. Um, so I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I've always been, you know, sort of drawn to serving others and helping others. And I'm the one that everyone went to. So it's like, let me explore that a little bit. And so I went into, you know, the therapist world and somehow I got roped into thinking, you know, addiction is, you know, where I wanted to go. At the time, you know, I didn't really have it in the forefront of my mind of, you know, I don't have family history. I don't have history myself. Like what in the, what am I doing? <laughs> but I, um, I, I thought this is what I want to do. And I, I started out as an intern in this detox facility in this little town a little bit away from us. And I remember the first time I walked in, and I don't know if y'all have ever been in a, in a place like that, but the the sights and the sounds and the smells are very, very unique. And I pretty much left there after eight hours driving home crying, bawling, um, saying I'm not going back, but I did, I made the commitment and I stayed for 16 years. Um, wow. and yeah. And I slowly was able to, you know, do internship to employee to, and I pretty much managed the program for the last like seven ish years of my career there. Um, and so how, so obviously when you first went, you know, left and everything. So I got kind of two questions there. How come you you went back I mean I know you said you made the, the commitment but what kind of kind of made you go back if that makes sense and what kept you there for 16 years <laughs> right 16 years after crying eight hours that's crazy you know right right so you know I like I said I did make the commitment and like I had this thought process Luke like I am going to change the world I'm going to save all these people and I have the heart and the will the willingness to do that and to work with them and the patients and so I'm going to do that and so I I had you know number one probably back then you know my parents are paying for college and they're actually paying for me to be there for an internship so there's that commitment there's that financial you have some skin in the game to stay in the game type of thing so I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want to disappoint myself. And I really thought this is a challenge that I should super like dive into. So I did, and I ended up loving it um, for pretty much most of the time. And then for your second question, like, you know, how, what kept me there? And there, there were some successes. There were um, a lot of times where you'd create those connections with people, unfortunately, that you'd see all the time who couldn't maintain their sobriety, but you still maintain those connections and were able to help them in other ways besides the sobriety piece. Absolutely. The coworkers that I met, some of the people that I met in there are my longtime friends that I still keep in contact with, even though I haven't been there for, oh gosh, over 12 years or so now. Mm. So, um, and what, what made me maybe ultimately leave? Um, so in, in, in addictions work, it's like, there's nothing final. There's nothing really final. It's like this ever constant battle within yourself to 
maintain your sobriety. And so it didn't feel like there was ever any finality. And a lot of the clients that I worked with were chronically homeless, didn't really want to get sober. So it was really um, a very, very vulnerable population. So I didn't see a lot of sobriety. And I think there was this po- this point in time where I'm like, I just need something final. <laughs> I just need something different. I need something final. And I knew that my mind wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in it anymore. Like I couldn't really give it my all. I couldn't do enough self-care to to get myself to that place of like where it was in the beginning. So I just knew it was time to do something different. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and so for, so for me, you know, I think like acting on that, because I think a lot of people may be in a job or, you know, doing a business, you know, running a business and their heart's just not in it anymore, mm-hmm. but they still kind of like stick it out. And just like, I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago, I was saying, you know, we, we spoke about um, like the delaying the inevitable, didn't we? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that came up. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it comes back to self-awareness that, you know, we have, you know, we've spoke about um, before. So how did you then um, become a coach, I suppose, is the question. Well, you know, there were a few... Out. Yeah, there were a few (laughs) events in between there, you know, being an electrician, um, that, that, that was an awesome job. Like I was the only chick on the crew and it was like, it was like, I remember the time when I finished, you know, pulling wire and piping a wall and putting outlets in and those sorts of things. I sat in the middle of this construction site crying because it was final and they were all looking at me like, what's this crazy lady doing? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) But they finally, you know, they got it after I explained it to them. And then, you know, I just think, um, being in the operations and in housing and human services, still working with that same vulnerable population. And I got a little bit of, client contact, but it really wasn't enough. And so the story around the Tony Robbins event was I was sitting in, in my, in my office doing, I don't even remember what, and I got this phone call and, um, I listened to the message and it was this person with this very thick accent that I really couldn't understand because I had been following Tony Robbins and I'd signed up for the newsletter and I was like, and I was like, Oh, they just want to sell me something. I'm not going to call them back. Not, no. And my coworker's like, oh my God, Saunders, just call him. I was like, oh, now you're going to make me talk to them. So I called the guy back and he's like, hey, you know, this, I don't even remember his name. This is so-and-so from Tony Robbins. And I just want to let you know that Tony set aside a couple of tickets for you and your husband for your anniversary. What? (laughs) Right. And I was like, I was like, wait, Am I being punked? Like, what's going on? Here? Like, who's 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 razzing me? And he's like, "No, I'm serious." And I was like, "Well, how 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 do you know it's my anniversary?" And he's like, "Everyone knows it's your anniversary, Chris." And I, I mean, it was on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, but I still don't know how it happened. But it was the Unleash the Power Within oh, event, which I don't know if you guys know about, but it's mm-hmm. this intense four day, you know, sixteen some hours a day like work on yourself. It's phenomenal. And in that moment, I knew that I wanted to do something more. I just knew that there were some things I need to work on before I could do that. So that all happened in, in that event. And I drug my husband 
really, he didn't really want to go because like they make you like high five and hug and dance and with all these people. And he's like, wait, what? You want to make me do all these things? <laughs> but like, but it, you know, we got there and the energy, it's so, it's so hyped and it's so gets you so pumped up that he enjoyed it. I mean, there were long days, but he enjoyed it and it really did not only impact me, but it did impact him too. So that's sort of how we got down the, the route of coaching. That's how I decided. And I always wanted to be a life coach. But after that event, I was like, this is what I want to do. Wow. Mm -hmm. Tony Rub. And so, okay. So then after that, what was it? You went back home, of course, after this four, this four day thing. And I think he, uh, he has another one. Oh man. It happened. Ah, date with destiny. I think yeah, that's, that's next week in Florida. Uh, and he always does it out. Boca Raton, Raton, Jim. I mean, oh my yes. God, I speaking Thai. Oh my God. Yeah, Boca Raton, <laughs> right? Oh my God. I just yes. completely started speaking Thai. I'm sorry. Anyways, okay. Yeah. So, um, what is it? After that event, uh, you ended up going back home. And then what, what was it? You started talking about, you know, you talked about the radio show and this and that. But what was the first big step that you took? Because a lot of these people, it's kind of like reading a book. They read the book, but they still right. don't know what step to take. They don't know what action to do here, there. What was it that you did? Because a lot of people from these events, going to Michael Bernard Beckwith Speak and Lisa Nichols mm -hmm. and A-Fest, Mind Valley, they go back home and they still don't know what to do. So what was your first big step? Right. So I, you know, I came home and that was in October of 2016 or November. I'm not exactly sure. And I remember thinking this is what I want to do. And, you know, I have a degree, I have, you know, a degree in psychology and human services and mental health. And I was like, I could just open, I could open a coaching practice and I probably should look at, to see if there's any certification out there that, you know, would be helpful for me to give, you know, more to my clients. So I did a little research and I was able to actually go to the lady, Chloe Madonna's who taught Ro Tony Robbins how to do everything that he does. And so I went and got my certificate through the, the, the Robbins Madonna's, um, training and I'm a certified strategic intervention coach. And that seems really, that seems really wordy to me. So I don't really use it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, I'm a strategic intervention coach. Well, what does that mean? And it's like, Oh, that's a long story. So, um, yeah. I did that. And that was a really intense online. It took me about, it was sort of self-paced, but there was so much to do and so many things that you had to practice and do and actually prove that you've done with people and you had to have client. I mean, it was like a really intense course and it took me about four and a half or five months to complete that. And I worked on it every day for a couple of hours. Um, so I did that and I got the certificate and I decided just to, part of that was like, you know, biz, I'm not a business person. Like that's not my jam. So I had to learn how to do like business stuff through there and all that kind of stuff. So some of that was included. And so one of them was like building your website and then getting some feedback. And so at the end of that, I was able to just sort of launch, which was the scariest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of how I did it. It was like, I just needed a little further education for, for me. And then you know, I just, I was so driven, like my mission and my purpose. And what I didn't even really know at that time was like my backstory of um, sexual assault and healing. And that piece hadn't even come into play at that point. So. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we kind of, before, we, you know, uh, we went live with the podcast, we kind of touched upon your mission. And so like, for me, you know, I want to dive into that and 
you know kind of talk about your you, you know your mission if that's okay mm-hmm. um and, and what you are you know w- with your coaching with your radio show um what you know w- what your mission is mm-hmm. yeah so my mission is to ease suffering for anyone anytime that I can I mean that's sort of what I've I've it's it's kind of like my mission and then my why around that has a lot to do with um, so, you know, just a little bit of a backstory when I was working in that detox, the, the first few months I was there, I was sexually assaulted and wow. what happened was I didn't tell a single soul until last year or a year and a half ago. So I kept that inside for a really long time and I suffered. And then once I, once I decided that I, I, this is what was, this is what came out of the whole Tony Robbins event was like, I have a lot of internal work to do in order for me to be able to be authentic and be the real Chris. So I had to work through that. And I was able to use all the things that I learned in this Tony Robbins course and with some friends and family and those sorts of things to really heal and work through that piece and understand why it took me so long and, you know, why I suffered for so long and, you know, what kind of shifts happened within my, I mean, I suffered from depression. I suffered from anxiety. I did all those things. And now I changed my verbiage. I don't suffer. I never suffered. Um, so like it was a, it was a long journey through that. And I just knew that if I could ease my own suffering, I could certainly, ease other people's suffering. Um, so that's kind of how that sort of journey and mission got started. Um, and then, you know, down the road, I was, you know, I finished my, my course and I started my, um, coaching business and I launched it. And, you know, I think every coach probably has this idea of what it's going to be like. I'm going to have all these clients who are going to want to work with me. I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to just live the lap of luxury. Right. I think we've probably all been there. And I knew that wasn't going to be the case. That wasn't my overall goal. Um, but I did have to have some money to sustain myself. And so I had a few clients and it just wasn't feeling like I still am challenged a little bit by um, taking money to help people. Sometimes that doesn't feel like, I don't know, it doesn't really feel like the right way to go sometimes, but it, it, it is because I'm valuable and I've learned that over the last year. Um, but I put out there, like, I just want to share my knowledge and I got this message from Kenny Ball, and he is the um, editor of One Tribe magazine out of Scotland. And he said, hey, I really like your your Facebook content. Would you want to write an article for my magazine? And I kind of laughed. I said, I'm not a writer. I, I, I have dyslexia. Like, I'm not a writer. Like, that is not, like, who I am. Right. And He's, uh, and of course, you know, in the back of my head, you know, my ego is kicking in a little like, I'm not a writer, I'm a coach. Come on, dude. Mm. And then I was like, okay, check your ego a little bit. Like, maybe you can be a writer. And he's like, I think that you would be an amazing contribution to our magazine. Your, your content is really good. Just give it a stab. And so I was like, okay. So I wrote this article and I was like, I put my heart and soul into it. And I took some pictures and I sent them in and I didn't really hear much back from him. And then one Saturday morning was feeling kind of like, oh, I wonder what ever happened to that. And I get this notice like, One Tribe Magazine issue is out. And I was like, 
I'm tagged in this post on Facebook. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally in a magazine. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it's an online magazine, right? So I was like, you're trying to like like thumb through it or page through it as fast as you can. And like right in the middle of the magazine is me on my paddleboard with this article. And I was like, oh my gosh, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Like I didn't even know what to do. Like I was like stunned. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I can't believe like this is actually happening. Like somebody's actually going to read this and somebody's actually going to, you know, have an idea or feel inspired or whatever. So I got really excited. And I, I swear, I probably was on cloud nine for weeks after that. And then he he messaged me and he said, this is great. Would you do it again next month? And I was like, well, certainly, you know, <laughs> woohoo, certainly I can do that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, it's due in a couple of days, like by the 10th of the month. I was like, oh, what am I going to write about? So I just wrote another one. And then, you know, January 1st of this last year or December 1st of last year, two years ago, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. He says like so many like lose track of time. He said, "Hey, I, I I I'm really digging what you're doing. Can you would you write for us for the for the year of 2018 every month?" And I was like, "Wait, I'm not a writer." <laughs> but wait, I'm not a writer. But like, and I have, and I've written an article every month for One Tribe Magazine, and it's actually pretty cool because now they're there's talking about taking just the One Tribe Magazine and launching it into One Tribe Media, and I'm part of that group now. I'm part of they're you know forming a board, and so I, I'm like branching out into that area. So that's really cool. So I love the magazine, One Tribe Magazine. Um, so every month. It's really fantastic. Sometimes I, I'm challenged a little bit to figure out what I want to write because I sometimes feel like I'm regurgitating some stuff sometimes. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So sometimes I was like, I had to find some inspiration. So I'll go off and meditate and mm-hmm. run or whatever and find some yeah. some stuff. But yeah. So that's the magazine. <laughs> wow. No, I was just gonna say also. So you do radio as well. Yes. Yes. And that kind of happened. This sort of the same. You like you just put it out there into the world. Like it was probably June-ish of this year. I was like, okay, so I'm not still feeling like I'm getting enough. I don't know if, you know, I'm, I, I just don't have the platform to share what I want to share. So I actually did some meditation and some prayer, you know, sitting in the backyard in the sun. And I swear, literally two days later, I get this message on Facebook that says, Hey, I have a radio show and I'm interested on in, in bringing you on the radio. Mm. And I was like, oh, and I was sitting again, sitting at work with the same coworker and I was like, wait, what? They, okay, I can come on. Like I can come on a radio show. Like I don't know what this is all about, but cool. And then he's like, "Hey, can I just call you?" And I was like, oh, "Again with the whole calling me. Why do you want to talk to me? You know, I just want to text you or message you, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. So I was like, sure. So like he just called me and he said, "Hey, my name is Dave Halewood and I own ExpatRadio.com, and I'd love for you to come on my show." And I was like okay, tell me more. And he's like, here's the website, check it out. Let me know what you think in a, you know, in a couple of days and we'll do some planning. So I looked at it. I was like, okay, it's legit. That's cool. I can do that. Mm. So we had a planning call and so I was like, okay, Dave, so are you like going to interview me? Like, is it, it's like a half an hour. And he's like, no, no, no. And he calls me girl. He's like, Hey girl, you don't understand. <laughs> um, 
it's your show. Like I want you every week to come on and share your content and you can bring on guests. It's like your show. And again, I laughed because I was like, I'm not a radio personality. I don't even know a single thing about this. Like I had just done a, a few Facebook lives. Um, I did a Why Wednesday with Ryan Hartley. Like I had just done a few things dabbling with that. And he's like, no, your lives are amazing. Like, I think you have a great, a great approach and good content, a good mission. So I think you can do this. And so I started doing this half an hour where I just go on and I just figure out what kind of content I wanted to share. It was just me talking to to the world. And it really is the world because Expat Radio has like 115-ish countries that they reach every week with like 75 to 80,000 people, which blows my mind, right? <laughs> so I I had this, this half hour show and I just wasn't really feeling like the content was... Um, just, I mean, it's just me talking. And then Dave, he's the producer, just kind of chiming in every once in a while. It wasn't feeling super jazzy or fun. And so I thought I'd start bringing some people on. And and it's four o'clock in the morning. It was at four o'clock in the morning, my time then. And he's like, well, if you want to bring people on, you need a whole hour, which means you have to now go on at 3 a.m. So every Tuesday morning, I get up at 3 a.m. And I bring amazing, super inspiring people from around the world on to tell their story, to talk about what they're doing, how they're inspiring people, what their mindset is, whatever the topic is that week, and just share really amazing people with the world. So that's the radio show. (laughs) And this all just happened this year. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. And then I still coach people. I still have a day job. I'm writing a book, um, which is like really, I'm not really writing it because I haven't done anything for a while because I've been a little bit busy. <laughs> I remember, well, you mentioned that, um, you know, the guy told you to, hey, can you write an article for the magazine? You said, well, I'm not a writer. And then the guy said, hey, this is your show. You're like, well, I'm not a speaker. That resistance, what do you think that resistance was? Because I think a lot of people have that sort of doubt. I wouldn't say doubt, self-doubt or whatever. It could have been anything. But what do you think that was? Because... I mean, I pro- probably count a half dozen times I've had that, but then I realized it's kind of like when the guy told me, oh, I don't think you could teach this. I realized that I could blow it out of the water and now I'm writing a book on it, you know? So yeah. you could sometimes use negative criticism to, of course, you know, uh, you know, in a huge disadvantage, but that self-talk that you had within you, what do you think that was? Well, you know, a lot of that came from all the work that I had done probably the, the, you know, 10 to 12 months prior. And I think what I have really sort of begun to operate from and what I use in my coaching practice is really looking at human needs psychology. Do you guys know about that stuff? No, I've never heard of that. Not really. So it's, 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 it's a way to sort of, it, for me, it just made sense. So we can, I mean, that's a whole nother, you know, hour long conversation, but it really is looking at the needs that we're trying to meet every day and the rules, the values and beliefs we have around them and looking at any sort of limiting beliefs that we may have that may be holding us back. And one of them for me was fear. And so I don't know, I always like heard people say, oh, I want to be fearless. I want to, you know, have zero fear. And I thought maybe that's me. Maybe I should 
like that's a goal to be fearless. And what came to me in those moments was fear for me is a constant companion because you kind of need it to to protect you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you can take that and leverage it, you know, there's like this voice. So you have it's it's kind of complicated to sort. I can't, I wish I could draw it for you, but I can't really draw it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> so like you you have you in my, in my experience in the way I sort of you know the self talk piece is like you have your brain that's like the mechanical part and then you have your heart and my my practice is called a wholehearted life and so it really is all sort of heart based and follow your whole heart and like if you can listen to truly what your heart wants to say and let your mind not take over sometimes it's like you have to have a conversation and i actually named my my fear she's like my inner 6 year old and like sometimes you have to have a conversation with her when those things pop up. It's like, okay, little one, I know what you're doing mm-hmm. because you have experiences and you've been there and you're trying to protect me. And I love you for that. Please don't leave me. But I got this one. I, mm-hmm. I, I really, truly got this one. And it's actually sometimes having that conversation with yourself in the mirror. <laughs> yes. And so some, some people think that's weird, but I think yeah, it works. Too. And um, it's like, it's that self-talk and it's the use of language. Um, I have, I have omitted some words from my vocabulary. Do they slip in and out? Yes, absolutely. Um, one of them is try. I don't use that word. Um, one of them is suffer. I don't like that word at all. And then, um, the other one that really, um, gets me is struggle. Struggle is a pretty intense word if you actually look it up in the dictionary. So I replace struggle with challenge. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's lots there's lots of like really conscious things that I do. And if I'm in a moment where I am having that self-doubt, I ask myself three questions. And it's it's a it's a lot I call it the loss less never approach. Have I lost something? Do I have less of something or do I feel like I'm never going to have something? And that makes me chunk it out. That helps me chunk out where my feelings actually are and where the emotion is and I can work through it. I know that was pretty winded for a simple question. Yeah, no, no, that was perfect. That was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Wow. It's kind of like, it's like sometimes my mind blows me away and sometimes it's very simple. It just really depends on the situation and, and, and what's going on for me. So lost lesson never, huh? Yeah, it's a lot like I and and so and I added one recently. So have I lost something? Do I have feel like I have less of something? It's like when those emotions come up like anger or frustration or it's like there's something going on and, and it's it's bumping up against your values and your beliefs and the rules you have around them. So if you can really figure out like, you know, if you're having an emotion, it's like, is it because I feel like I've lost something? Does it feel like I have less of something? Or does it feel like I'm never going to have something? So if I can chunk those out, and usually I can just throw out the never have because we can't, you know, we really can't control to a certain point what's happening. I mean, we have some control. And if, you, you know, you can't go backwards either because it's already happened. So you're sticking with that here and now in the moment. It just grounds me. So I ask those questions. And then the fourth one is, what is the opportunity in this moment? Mm-hmm. Because there's opportunity everywhere. That's it. That's, it. So. That's the big, big, big one. Because 
Anytime you get, look, of course, you know, frustration or anger, but it's kind of like last, uh, when I made a big jump to move here to Bangkok, I had a lot of resistance, but then I realized this could be the biggest opportunity. Although I couldn't see it for three months, mm -hmm. I knew that deep down inside there would be a massive opportunity. Something would unfold if I had moved here just so I could tuck away at a place that was no longer suitable for me, which is a questionnaire that Luke, uh, that I just sent Luke just recently, like 10 minutes ago, minutes ago. but yeah. Um, and it ended up, this ended up being the most successful year by far, by millions of light years of my life. Why? Because what's that opportunity? And it was all wrapped in sandpaper and a bunch of jar of, you know, fucking a lot of crazy stuff, you know? And then when I put my <laughs> hand in there, I was like, oh my God, what is it? I said, ooh like a big diamond <laughs> you know so yeah I think people yeah I think people are you know I think instead of people looking for you know what are the opportunities people focus on fear and I'm not I mean I'm not talking like little fear like oh my god somebody might be mad at me I'm talking about the big fear of you know I'm not worthy I don't deserve this like those big fears like I am not enough those are the things that people focus on when they're looking at those challenges and like I said it just helps me chunk it down like I I am enough and you know, you can, you can say, I mean, I have it tattooed on the back of my neck. That's how much I, I needed that self-talk. Like, it's like that it, people just focus on that fear rather than the opportunity. And if you can shift that, even just, you know, a millimeter, mm -hmm. it, it gives you that, 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 that focus to think about, oh, there could be an opportunity here. Like if you don't, you know, get a job that you thought you really wanted, or you don't, have a great first date with somebody. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. There's an opportunity. There's a reason why it is the way it is. And people get stuck on so much control that they don't just sort of let it be and find the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And actually, so going back to kind of like the your, like your head and your heart, do you think that sometimes like there has to be a balance between the two? Yes, absolutely. I think, um, and that's where that, you know, fear is a constant companion almost comes in and you can use any sort of word, but I think, so what happens is like most of us are driven by our brains because that's what we're so used to. And we don't even realize that your heart has, you know, it's kind of its own little brain and it has feelings and science has proven if you can, you know, do some breathing exercises and place a hand on your head and a hand on your heart, you can actually sync the, the um, energy between the two and you can have a more relaxed like space to make decisions. And I mean, I use it all the time when I'm in a stressful situation. I do a lot of emergency management. And there's been times people look at me like, what is that crazy lady doing? Mm -hmm. But I'm really just hand, hand on my head, hand on my heart, and I take a few breaths and it just calms you. And it actually does sync up the energy between your brain and your heart. And it does balance it out, like you said. And people don't realize that. Wow. That yeah. is golden, man. I mean, oh man, we're going to have to definitely bring you back on for, uh, what is it, that one hour long discussion because... I love diving into things that I'm not unaware of. A lot of people would say, oh, do you focus more on your weaknesses or this or that? I like to learn just about everything, you know, just like trust. I think everyone yeah. needs to learn about self-trust, especially integrity, integrity, credibility, all these things that I'm reading in Stephen Covey's book, which is always gold. But um, yeah, I mm -hmm. thought, man, that, that, that's some very interesting things. And that route that you took, the electrician, 
yeah, you were an electrician for a while. <laughs> and, you know, did you have that moment where you said, ah, you know what? I don't have it in my heart. This isn't my passion. But how long were you uh, an electrician for? Just a backtrack. Um, so when I did the electrician piece, so that was sort of like at the end of like the detox thing. Like it was still within county local government here and they had their own electrician team. And I had met some of these guys and, you know, I was like, I am, I've got to do something new. And like I said, they're like, come and work for me. And I'm like, I don't know anything about science. I don't remember science from any schooling ever. And so they were like, still again, that self-doubt, like, I don't know why you want me to do this, but they're like, we could teach you. And so I was like, this will be something really cool. It'll be something totally different, learn new skills. Um, and I loved that job. Like, almost out of every job except for the coaching job, I love that job the most. And I don't know exactly why. It was an hourly job. It didn't pay well. I was the only girl, and maybe that had something to do with it, like feminine, masculine energy is something really interesting to me. And like in that role, like I did that for almost two years and it was really hard work. I climbed ladders every day. I put myself in danger every day. So it was just something very, very different. I mean, so like that whole masculine feminine energy piece was, is like I said, it was really interesting because when, what I didn't realize until, you know, the last few months was, you know, in that 25 years of not sharing my experience of being, uh, uh, you know, having this sexual assault experience, um, like I shifted my energy to a more of a masculine energy. Like we all have feminine, masculine energy. And I shifted it more of that masculine energy just out of sheer protection. Um, you know, I didn't, I was kind of an asshole to people. <laughs> like I wrote a whole article about this. I can certainly share it with you all. But um, like I was like, I shifted it. And so it was like in that moment, like here I am working, thinking back now, here I am working, the only chick with this group of dudes. Like what was that all about? So I'm still just sort of diving into like some of those pieces, but it was the best job ever. It was so fun. And just so, you know, everyone knows like guys are just as, as interestingly gossipy as girls. Yeah, oh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're a hoot to work with. Like I, like some of them would say stuff to me and I was like, God, I would, I wonder what you talk about, like behind my back, like you're talking about all these other people. It's like, <laughs> wait, where did this, where did this gossip sewing circle come from? Like you guys are men, you're not women. <laughs> yep. And so you said that you shifted it. And so just to finish, um, like I'm kind of interested how you shifted it. Was it like on, you know, um, like a conscious approach or, you know, was it something that now looking back, you can realize that it was like more of an unconscious thing? Um, I'm just kind of like curious. Uh, now looking back, it was a super unconscious thing. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, thinking about being a, a, a survivor of sexual assault, like you put up walls and protections that you don't even realize you put up. And one of them was, you know, I mean, it, it can be as drastic. And I did this in the beginning. Like I stopped wearing feminine clothing. I wore jeans. I wore t-shirts. I shaved my head for God's sakes. Like I did all these things to look so different than the woman that I was out of sheer protection. And it just sort of morphed in and out over, you know, 25 years of, 
energy of, you know, masculine, feminine energy is very defined. Um, but we all have it and we go in and out in any given certain situation, depending on who we're with, what we're doing. Um, and again, that's another conversation that we could have. And so it was all unconscious in, until I realized, you know, like probably, you know, 12 to 16 months ago, like, oh, like that's not the real me, but I did it. My body did it. My mind did it. My heart did it out of sheer protection from an incident that happened 25 flipping years ago that I didn't deal with. So when I was able to finally work through those and use the things that I learned and family and those sorts of things, like I was able to shift back to more of my, my, my true feminine energy. Cause we operate in either feminine or masculine as a dominant. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a man or a woman. Um, but like I said, they, they ebb and flow. So we could certainly talk about that at some other time too. It'd be really fun. Yeah, definitely. And so did you, um, so you came aware uh, around you know, 12 months ago. And so is that like kind of down to doing what you're doing and through personal development? Some of it, absolutely. Some of it came out during that, like realizing, like learning about feminine, masculine energy. And you're like, oh, this like relates to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. And so, um, yeah, just some final thoughts, really. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for our, you know, for our listeners? Um, maybe some, you know, some actual steps that, that they can take oh gosh, I didn't even I didn't even think about that this early in the morning. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think if you you know if people can you know I, I you know I've been I've been on this kick lately about um, you know it's just this ever evolving you know self awareness and I think what's coming up for me to share with people today is you know if I if I could teach younger people that it's okay to be who you are to do like do you be you be unapologetically you and speak your truth i think people don't have to wait i waited until i'm almost going to be 47 i waited until i was 45 to speak my truth to be me to be just real and i don't want people to suffer um by being somebody that they're not so um you know, taking steps to find somebody to talk to, to learn about these things, because you don't have to to be in this place of almost like a facade or fake or wear a mask. Be you, be authentic, be unapologetic. And if I could teach somebody or, you know, explain to somebody in their early 20s that it's okay, their whole life would shift. And that's that's what I want to do totally agree with you well chris it's been a pleasure having you on the show we're definitely going to have to bring you back to you know dive into all of this a lot more um you know um you know go into the the other topics as well but yeah thank you for joining us thank Uh, you for having me i'm honored i'm it's exciting thank you so much very welcome uh so guys uh next episode will be available on friday big thank you to chris again and obviously partner all the way over there in thailand thank you for joining me arsenio and um Yeah, guys, we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. See you guys. Did you find this episode helpful? If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. New episodes of the Motivational Mentors podcast are available every Tuesday and Friday.